all stop apologizing is out in the world. You guys, I know, I can't believe it any more than you can, but it's true. This book baby of mine is finally here. So if you have a desire in your heart, but you're worried about what other people will think of you for trying to chase after it, this is the book for you. It is the most tangible, and I hope, motivational advice I've ever written down. And it's available today anywhere books are sold. And if you like it when I talk to you just like this, then you're going to love the audio version. Girl, stop apologizing. Go grab it right now. Do it. Hey, guys, if you can even believe it, our documentary is coming back to a theater near you. Babe, where's it going to be? Well, we had a documentary. It came out in theaters in August, and it's coming back to theaters. That, that's what I just said. On January second, yes, and again on January 9th. yes, and it is in theaters nationwide and also in Canada. Yes, if you have ever been curious at what one of our live events is like, this is the Rise Women's Conference. Uh, it's a two-day conference that we throw every single year, and this is a documentary about that whole weekend for the cost of a movie ticket. There's a 90-minute feature-length documentary that is followed by a 30-minute coaching session from Rachel. The coaching comes directly out of Girl Stop Apologizing. So for 15 bucks or less, you can come into a theater, have some community, watch what a live event looks like, and get a great coaching. It's an amazing night. January 2nd and January 9th at a theater near you. For more information, you're going to go to Fandango, Adam Tickets, AMC. Regal, Regal, Cinemark, Cinemark, Cineplex. Cineplex. Or FathomEvents.com. Welcome to the Rise Podcast. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and a Google search bar. Each week, we'll be sharing tangible, direct advice or inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life. Hey, guys. It is the end of the year, right? This goes at the end of the year? I've gotten a nod. It does go at the end of the year. And I thought it would be really interesting to look back over the last year of running my business, of releasing a book, of doing speaking gigs and doing press interviews and all of those things and identify the things that were great about 2018 and the things that were not so great. If you listen to the Rise Together podcast a couple of weeks ago, we actually did the same practice with our relationship. Um, I got the idea originally from a couple of girlfriends who are podcasters who said that people in business like the annual review, and here we are. So for better or worse, these are the things that I did this year as a business owner that I think were great and that I want to repeat, and also here are some things that feel a little bit like a failure that I want to try and navigate around for next year. Um, I think if we're going to talk about wins, we have to start with girl, wash your face. Now, I understand that, man, you've heard a lot about this book. Assuming that you've been hanging out with me for a while, you have heard a lot about this book. But to give you um, just a little bit of an idea of what the book was, this is crazy. Girl, wash your face 
was the second best-selling book of 2018. Meaning, of all the books that came out in 2018, only one book sold more than me. And that was Michelle Obama, and I feel great about that. But it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It's not something, frankly, y'all, you know I dream big. I never in my wildest imaginings considered what 2018 would bring. I remember actually when I was, when the book was about to come out, truthfully, my biggest concern, like I, I, I knew that, that, you know, like a handful of people would like it, but I, my biggest, I was worried that people were going to get mad that I had a chapter where I wrote about sex. That was honestly, that's so insane now. But in January of 2018, I was just like, oh man, Mima is going to be so upset that I wrote that word into a book, but here it is. Uh, so it's, it's amazing to be at the end of it. And I think what I did well was I didn't stop talking about it. Now, let me explain, because my intention with this podcast is always that you will get tangible wisdom that you can use in your real career or your real business. And this is something that you can use right now. I worked really hard to create something that I was proud of. And lots of people do that. But there is this instinct when you don't want to bother people or you don't want to you don't want anyone to be upset with you or you don't want to mention your product too many times and so you have like a launch or you have a release and then a few weeks later you stop talking about it because you're worried about frustrating your fans i know you guys have heard that thing right that um, people need to hear about your product what is it like seven times nine times to actually have it click that it exists well now with social media they think the number is like way higher it's like 12 or 18 it's an insane number how many times you need to mention something before people realize that they can get it from you and with the book I remember I was on a call I got invited to be on this call with a bunch of big authors a few weeks before the book came out and we were all talking about our book releases that year and there were two big authors that I just admired so much on this call and I couldn't believe I was on the phone with them. And they were like, we we're talking about marketing and they were like, oh, I'll talk about my book, but only for like three weeks. Like I'm not going to annoy my fans on social media by continuing to talk about the book. I'm an author. They follow me because I'm an author. They know I have a new book. And I literally laughed out loud. I was like, oh, no negative that is not true I will talk about it and our rule was that we would talk about girl wash your face until someone complained that we had talked about it too much and you guys to my knowledge it has never happened people complain about my hair and they tell me I'm a bad mom and they get mad because I drink wine and they say I'm not a good Christian but to date not one single person has said, please stop posting quotes from your book on Instagram. It hasn't happened. And the reason I think that people haven't gotten frustrated by it is because I have talked about the same thing. So grow wash your face. But I've talked about it in like seven different ways. This, I think, is really good advice for those of you who have a product that you're trying to sell through social media. 
with Girl Wash Your Face, we made quotes, we made videos, we had pictures of me looking pretty holding up the book, we had pictures of just my hands with a nice manicure holding the book, we had fan created content we posted stuff all of the time in fact if you go look on my instagram you might laugh now that i'm pointing it out to you how much of that content is based on girl wash your face but it gave me a way to keep talking about it keep it top of mind with you without frustrating you that you were hearing the same thing over and over and i don't know maybe it sounds odd to talk about it in that way maybe people are listening to this right now like oh, you're so full of yourself, you keep talking about your book. No, Pam. Actually, if you're going to work hard to create something, you have to have the courage to tell people about it. So many of you have done something, created something, wanted to be a fitness instructor, wanted to sell the world your product, but you're too afraid to tell them that it's there. And then you give up on your dream because you're not seeing any traction in business when in reality, you didn't give people enough of a chance to know that they could buy it from you. So heck yeah, I'm going to keep talking about the book. 10 years from now, I'm going to be like, check out this girl, wash your face quote. Because dang it, if you're going to work hard, you should be able to put it out into the world. And as long as you're putting out content in a way that adds value to people's lives and doesn't annoy them and doesn't just try and sell, I don't know. I think that a big reason that the book's been so successful is because I kept talking about it. So when I think of something that feels like a win in my business this year, it's truly for the first time ever having the courage to remind you again and again what my product is. Now for a failure. Um, for sure, we talked about this a little bit on the Rise Together podcast. For sure, something that I didn't do well this year was say no. And I think it's a failure because, and by the way, people get freaked out by the word failure. I'm not freaked out. That's just life. I just assume we're going to knock things out of the park sometimes, and sometimes we're going to strike out. And this was a strikeout because I know better. I've spent many years getting to the place where I learned to say no. And I didn't do that well this year. And part of the problem was, you know, the book was a rocket ship. It was a once in a lifetime opportunity. It was going 100 million miles an hour. And so it just felt like we needed to grab on tight. And that resulted like, that resulted in in me feeling like my career became, I don't know if this will make sense to you guys, but like it became more like defense mode instead of offense mode. So many of the things that I've been able to build and do is because I was intentional. I built a strategy. You guys know with my Start Today journal, I, I visualize my future. I lay out my 10 dreams. I focus on the one goal. I'm very intentional with every part of my life. And I started to get overwhelmed when I started to move so fast that I couldn't be intentional. I think that in retrospect, I don't know honestly how I would have done it another way because anytime we get to a new place in our business or, or our business has an explosion or frankly, maybe even our business has a huge drop off from where it was prior, there's a little bit of a survival mentality that kicks in. But it just meant that like, I, I said yes to every speaking gig. I said yes to every opportunity. I said yes to all of these things, which frankly, financially were such a gift, but 
physically, mentally, emotionally, for my family were very taxing. And I know that there are some of you listening to this right now who are in the same boat. I know that you know that you have said yes too much. And my, I'm already doing it. This isn't even a New Year's resolution because we're already there. But going back to that Jen Hatmaker quote, which I've said over and over and over, if you guys have not read her book, For the Love, you need to grab it. It's so good. But she has this chapter where she talks about if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. If someone asks you to do anything, do you want to write a book? Do you want to volunteer at your kid's school? Do you want to be the captain of the bake sale squad for church? Do you want to dot, dot, dot? And your immediate gut reaction is not hell yes, then you should say no. Because I don't know who you are or where you're listening today, but chances are your schedule's full. And if your schedule's full and you continue to add things that are other people's agenda for your life, you are going to face overwhelm or you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to burn yourself out. I don't know why I have a weird accent right now. You're going to burn yourself out showing up for others and you will have nothing left for yourself and you will have nothing left for the people you love most. You'll have nothing left for the work that you're trying to do. So you've got to learn to say no. I did not do that very well this year. Another fail as the owner of a company, to be totally honest, we made some hiring decisions this year. And I don't know how many of you are in a place where you're hiring, but the lesson that I learned this year was never hire under duress. Now, that's kind of a funny way to say it, but we moved to Austin and everything was going a million miles an hour. And we were like almost like in panic mode. Like we, there was so much to do and not enough bodies to do it. And when I first started in business, when I first had like, look at us trying to figure out how to run a company, you could hire whoever. Do you remember those days? Or maybe you're in those days right now where you're like, it's startup culture. Are you breathing? Do you stand upright? Do you know how to use a laptop? Great, you're hired. You can get away with it when your company is smaller and when the roles that you're hiring for are things that you can teach. But we had hit a level where we needed to hire some higher level talent, but we were in a hurry. And even though we knew at the time, like, okay, this maybe isn't the best choice, I think we just thought, yeah, but we'll figure it out. That's not true. That didn't work. That, man, that was an abysmal failure. <laughs> we had a couple of... Um, awesome people like super great nice human beings that just were not right for the role or were not right for the company and that is a huge financial failure straight up I mean when you hire someone and then you have to let them go that's huge financial risk for you as a business owner it's also it really sucks for them Honestly, it really sucks for the person that you're hiring. And as a leader, I take responsibility for us not hiring in the right way, not hiring in a way that was best for all the members of our team, best for our company, best for the community that we're serving, and best for the person who's trying to do the job. So I think we moved too fast in hiring those roles. And now, 
my attitude is I'd rather do it all myself, <laughs> she says, as she works through 57 emails. Um, but um, I'd rather figure out those things myself and continue to do things super scrappy. You know, there's there's Rach in your MailChimp figuring out how to send you guys an email on Sunday is better than hiring someone who isn't right for the role and um, throwing everybody else off their game. So that was a big fail this year. Um, a win. I am really proud of myself. And this kind of feels weird because I said that, uh, you know, I said yes to too many things. But I actually was really good, I think, at rest. When I started 2018, and in fact, it's so ama it's, it, amazing. What am I, a magician? Um, so I have this notebook. I've had it for a while. And I got it for Christmas in 2017. So I walked into 2018. The very first page of my notebook that I am looking at right now was my focus and intention for 2018. And you guys, it's ridiculous how excited I am to do this in the new year. But I'm looking at all the things that I set out to do in 2018 and I think first of all it's insane like it actually gives me chills what came to fruition because some of these things at the time seemed like who do I think I am um but I'll tell you I'll tell you what it says because I think I'd, I'd want to know and I think as you are building your business and building yourself if you I was gonna like get on to you like if you don't do this but that's ridiculous <laughs> Sorry, you have to sit down. You have to. I am demanding it of you. You have to sit down at a new year and figure out where you want to go. And I know, y'all, you don't need a new year. You don't even need a Monday. You need to decide right now that you want to change your life. Whenever you're listening to this, you can do it. But there's something magical about a, a new year on the calendar. I just think my favorite time is the week between Christmas and New Year's to just map out where I want to go. So this is from um, last year. This was my focus for 2018. So I divided it into three categories. And those categories were create. This is what I want to create this year. This is what I want to market this year. And this is what I want to do personally for myself. And I haven't read through this, so well, hopefully, it's, hopefully it's appropriate. So the first thing on my list for 2018 is write at the time, what I was calling sorry, not sorry, but what would eventually become Girl Stop Apologizing. Congratulations, because that comes out in a few months. Uh, but that was my big thing that I needed to create in 2018 was writing my second nonfiction book. Uh, the second thing was to create two-day curriculum for Rise. So before that, I had only ever done a one-day conference, and it was a big deal to add a second day. Now, Look at how amazing the world is. We're about to go into our next Rise conference, and this time it's three days. Because I just keep thinking of things that y'all need, and I just keep adding them. So writing curriculum for Rise. Uh, the third thing on my list, this like, actually makes me want to cry a little bit, is create a line for QVC. And what's amazing about that is that at this point in time, I couldn't even get them to return my emails. So it's pretty amazing that I wrote that I wanted a line for QVC. And this was something I had been writing in my journal. You guys know Manifest is something I've been writing for years. And I finally was like, this is year. I'm going to make it happen. And the line with QVC comes out in April, which is insane. This is insane. 
Um, another item on my list I wanted to create was a fiction book. So I did not have time to do that. It's, that's just like a passion of my heart. And someday y'all someday when we get through all this motivational, help people change their lives, your pal Rach is just going to go live in Hawaii on the beach. And I'm just going to write books about vampires falling in love with librarians. That's really where my heart's at. Uh, (laughs) Um, the fifth thing on my list, this is amazing. This is not even what this podcast is supposed to be about, but this is amazing. The fifth thing on my list to create in 2018 was a relationship podcast. And I didn't even know what it was going to be called. And it was one of the top five biggest podcasts that released this year. That's insane, man. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm tripping out right now. Uh, the sixth thing on my list was create the infrastructure for our nonprofit and we still have not created the infrastructure, but we did file all the paperwork for our 501c3. And I'll tell you, we have a huge bank account full of money. And its only job is going to be to go do really good things for the community. So I've talked about this a little bit, and we'll tell you more about it in 2019. But um, our intention is that every um, 10% of all the profit we make with our company, with writing, speaking, anything that we do, will go to nonprofit. We'll go to charities and we'll go to do good work. So um, love that that's coming together. And then the last one, which is hilarious. This is going to come to fruition someday, but I I wanted to write framework for this idea I have. (laughs) This idea that I have for a a conference that men and women could come to that apparently at the time I had named Project U, just the letter U. And for sure somebody already has that because it's too good and that's cheesy, but I really did want to create something that wasn't just for women. So that was what I wanted to create, what I wanted to market wanted to sell bless bless it I wanted to sell a hundred thousand copies of girl wash your face 100,000 copies was my goal in 2018 and as of the time we're recording this podcast it sold 2.2 million copies which is amazing I wanted to sell out rise which incidentally we did not sell out rise 2018 but we we sold out rise 2019 in 27 minutes You know, I think that that's really interesting. Sometimes um, people say, you know, your goal has to have a deadline. And I like to set the goals for myself, but it didn't come to fruition when I thought it would. It came to fruition when it was supposed to. So just keep working toward the thing that you're trying to do. Though I guess technically those tickets did go on sale in 2018. So maybe I actually did what I said I would. I wanted to have 10 paid speaking gigs. Oh, this is so awesome because I love seeing things surpass what I thought they would. I wanted to sell my fiction books in a foreign language, which still has not happened because golly, we didn't even have time. But we did sell Girl Wash Your Face in, I think it's like 35 different languages come out this year, which is amazing. Um, Personally, I wanted to be stronger, happier. Oh, I wanted a stronger, happier, sexier marriage. I wanted to help the kids smoothly transition into Texas, which I feel like we did a pretty good job. I wanted to do two half marathons. Wah, wah. Um, that's such a bummer. That is fully just because the schedule was so insane. <laughs> then I put get the kids to stop screaming at each other. I think we've done that. The, the way that we did that was um, we just made a rule. If you raise your voice in our house, you immediately lose technology for 24 hours. Anything with an on and off switch gets taken away for 24 hours if you raise your voice. And I'll tell you what, parents, that works. 
Um, I also wanted the dog to stop barking, but that didn't happen. Anyway, the whole idea. Why did I go off on this tangent? Oh, rest. Good grief. What a loser. I was. <laughs> The whole idea was that my motto for 2018, which is also on that first page, was work hard, rest hard. Because y'all know in the past, I've really struggled with being a workaholic. I've struggled with working too much and too hard. And this year I worked harder than I ever have before. But I also was, I was like crazy about my rest. And I didn't do what I've done in the past, which is, oh, I'll take two vacations a year and take off four days and then I'll feel rested. No. Every single week, I was like, where are my sweatpants? Where it, how am I taking a nap? How am I just laying on the sofa with my kids? I didn't try and do anything. On my weekends when I was home, I didn't clean. I didn't cook. I didn't, I didn't do any of that stuff because I felt like what my kids needed most was me to be present with them and intentional with them and not like, have organized cupboards or um, make sure that we all looked a certain way. It was just like, no, I want to chill out with you guys. So I do feel like I was really good at rest. The advanced reader copies of Girl Stop Apologizing are officially out in the world, which means for the first time ever, people besides my editor are reading my new book. And I can't wait for you to read it too. I wrote Girl Stop Apologizing because I wanted to give women permission to do just that. Stop apologizing for who you are. Stop apologizing for the dreams and goals and hopes you have for your life. The tagline for this book is a shame-free guide for embracing and achieving your goals. So if you have big audacious dreams for your career or great fantastic personal goals for yourself, this is the book for you comes out March 12th and you can pre-order now on amazon.com. Something else that I love that happened was I did a mastermind this year and I feel like I should say not a mastermind like every other cool marketing person on the internet does. When I say mastermind I mean that I became Instagram friends with Jenna Kutcher and Amy Porterfield, who are two incredible women, which you should totally be listening to their podcasts. You should totally be following them on Instagram. But I became friends with them. And then we were like, let's go on vacation together. And let's lay around in sweatpants. And let's talk about our business. And let's get a massage. And let's drink wine. And let's eat chips. And it was so life-giving. We laughed our faces off. We really got, I mean, I definitely got incredible perspective on my year. In fact, sitting with them in like August or September, they were pretty hardcore with me about, I remember crying like my, about my 2019 schedule. Just like it was insane. It was so packed. You guys, I don't know how I'm going to survive this. I don't know why we said yes to all of these things. And I remember Amy Porterfield, who if you only have known her online you would not ever believe that she would be this hardcore but she like got in my face with I mean as it needed to be she like got in my face and she was like you are a grown woman 
She used a cuss word, and I'm not going to say what it is. Use your imagination. She's like, you are a grown woman, and you are in charge of your calendar, and there's not anything on there that you didn't allow to be there, so stop complaining about it and get a hold of your life. And I was like, oh, shoot. So everyone who's super sad that I canceled my book tour, please send your emails to Amy Porterfield because she was the one who challenged me to find any space for myself. And the only space that I could find were areas that I wasn't contractually obligated to be somewhere. So anytime I had signed a contract to speak, obviously I was locked in. But the only thing that I could take away were stuff that we had planned, which meant the book tour. Um, but that was so important for me. And if I hadn't done the mastermind, if I hadn't been intentional about literally just choosing dates on the calendar, blocking out a week, finding some friends who wanted to go, I think it really worked well because we were all at very similar stages in our business. But we all had skills and talents that the other people could benefit from. So you do not need to know fancy people. You don't need fancy friends. You just need some other like-minded people who could go. I mean, even if it's you, you take half a day and you go sit at Panera Bread and you just map out what the year is together, there's something really inspiring about doing it in a group setting. I think one of the things that I failed at this year, which is it's related to health, and I think you know, I, I really do want this podcast to focus in on business and careers because I'm proud of the fact that it's one of the biggest podcasts in the business category and it's by a woman and not by a woman who went to Harvard, but by a woman with a high school diploma. So I do want to keep this focused on business, but I feel like it's important to talk about health because if you are not healthy, if you're not taking care of your body, if you're not drinking water, if you're not getting sleep, if you're not eating foods that are nutritious, if you're not doing those things, your business is never going to be what it could be because your business needs you to survive. And if you're not taking care of your health, you're going to fumble, you're going to fall, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to have brain fog, you're going to be tired, you're going to use stimulants like caffeine or um, whatever else to make yourself wake up and then you're going to use um, decompressants like alcohol or whatever else. I'm like, don't mention inappropriate things to make yourself calm down. All of a sudden, you're Judy Garland, you're on uppers and downers. This is no way to live. Sorry, someone's going to send me a note about that Judy Garland comment, but that was funny, you guys. Anyway, um, someone's like, I'm Judy Garland's descendant. You are inappropriate about Dorothy. You know what? Keep going. Um, yeah, so I want to talk about health. One thing that I did when we came here that I am still working through that is so interesting how life works that I am now writing a book about health as I was taking this journey was – I really got off my diet when I moved to Texas. And when I say diet, I don't mean like a diet. I mean just the way that I know if I eat will make my body feel good. I, You're going to understand this. Even if you've never been to Texas, you can imagine. It's just beef as far as the eye can see. And I love meat. I do. I love it. It does not love me, but I love it. I also love dairy. I love dairy. Dairy 
hates me with the passion of an intensity of 1000 suns. So I moved here and I was excited about moving to a new city, especially a city that has food that's as bomb as Austin has. And I was also stressed because we had all of this change and I was traveling a ton. And so I just really stopped eating the way that I had been. I also live out in the country, so there aren't easy options if you're on the go. It's like you're going to have a bar or you're going to have Taco Bell. And I made some really bad decisions with food, not just things that made me feel crappy and sluggish and slowed me down. And it's like, you know, our health is this cyclical thing. So you feel cruddy or you feel stressed and you're like, oh, I'll have queso and chips. That'll make me feel better for a hot minute. Let's add a margarita. And you feel better for a while. And then all the things that that food does to your body makes you feel worse. Now you've triggered yourself again. So I do think that if I could take something back, I would go back to June when we were driving here in the minivan. And I would have, and and again, I don't know how I could have known this because if you've never been through an experience before, you don't know. And I had never moved to another state with four children and moved a business and had a book explode. Uh, so I, I'm being graceful with myself. But if I had a, you know, a magic wand and I could go back and change something about this year, I'd go talk to Rach in that minivan in June driving across the United States with her kids and a dog and a fish who would later die R.I.P. Mysterious. Um, I would have cautioned her to be mindful of what she was eating. Because working out for me is never the problem. But when I start to make choices with food or with alcohol, it's like um, it's like you're sabotaging your future self. If that June version of me, the July version, August... I was sabotaging my future self. And I know that there are people listening to this right now who are nodding their heads because you are making choices that are sabotaging your hopes and dreams for 2019. You're making decisions in your life, whether it's what you drink or the pills that you take or the food that you're eating or not getting the movement or exercise that you need and deserve and you are making it harder on yourself to be the person you want to be. And it's not, guys, it is not about being a certain size. It's not about being a certain weight. It's not about fitting into those genes. It is about how do you feel. And eating foods that hurt my body just hurt me and it hurt my business. So if you don't see that um, the the relationship between how you take care of your health and how your business is able to flourish. Like, think about this. Think about you on your best day. What's the best day that you've had in your business in the last two months? What's a day where you just had the energy and you felt great and you got so many things done and you were productive and maybe you closed a new client or maybe you made a new sale or whatever it looks like to you. Have you thought about your best days, and then have you asked yourself, what was the equation that was required for you to have the energy to operate at the level you wanted to operate at? I bet you if you pay attention, 
you'll notice that certain foods make you feel better than others. Certain, you know, amounts of caffeine or the right vitamins or the right supplements or making sure you got sleep the night before or making sure that you interacted with someone who lights your heart on fire and pumps you up or making sure that you dance around to some Beyonce before you started answering those client emails, whatever it is, pay attention to what would make you feel better as you go into this year because that was a failure for me. It took me several months of making bad decisions and then it took me several months to get back to just where I was. Something to, I was going to say something to chew on, pun intended. The last thing that I feel like I did really well this year and every year for the last decade, okay, whoa, that is so obnoxious, but for real, if you have ever heard me speak on a business conference or speak about social media, then you've heard me say this before. I followed the signs of life. Listen up, dude. If you didn't hear anything else I said in this podcast, this is the best business advice I have when you are selling directly to a consumer. I followed the signs of life. I paid attention to what my audience liked. What is my audience asking for? What are they into? You know, so many people who use social media for their businesses get frustrated or bogged down in like, oh, Facebook changed its algorithm. Yeah, Facebook is a business. It's just like a magazine. If you want your stuff in a magazine, you're going to have to pay for it. And they're going to keep changing the algorithm in a way that benefits them, not you. Don't complain about it. Just understand that you're going to have to change and move and ebb and flow with the tide. And for me, that has looked like what do my customers, what does my audience love organically that I don't have to pay for? Here's something to trip out on for real. If you know anything about digital marketing, because we now this year have made so many friends who are really big in the digital marketing space. And I'm going to blow your mind right now, maybe. We don't pay for ads. We don't. When the journals last um, had a round, we <laughs> used a couple hundred bucks and we put a Facebook ad just because we wanted to try and see if it would work. And it didn't because we don't know what we're doing. But we do not pay for anything. So those 2 million books that you've heard about or the Rise Conference selling out or the podcast being number one in their categories, think about that. We do not pay for it. How many people in this industry can say that every single thing they're having success in is organic? That's bananas. Everybody keeps coming to us. Everybody wants to work together. And they're like, what are you doing? And we're like, um, we're creating content that our fans like. And we just keep doing it consistently every single day. We pay attention to what they want and we keep doing it. People are like, they have an Instagram feed and it's filled with 70 different things. And whenever people ask me for advice on social media, I always open their Instagram and I'm like, oh, I can tell you without clicking into your photos, I can tell you which ones are going to be your highest liked, most engaged pictures. Because this is what I did for years. I consulted with people about social. So... I, then we go through and I click on all the, I'm like, yep, that one's big, that one's big. And they're like, how'd you know? And I'm like, well, if you pay attention to what does well on Instagram, then you could easily see based on this image that that would be popular. And they're like, yeah, you're right. My audience really does love it when I show them my shoes. My audience really likes it when I show them my workout outfit. My audience really likes it when I talk about marriage, whatever. And then I say, why don't you do 
all of your posts about the things that your audience likes. Three years ago, if you looked on my social media, it was recipes. Recipes, you guys. I was a food blogger. That's how I got started. I built a team and built a business around people wanting to know how I made my meatloaf. That is real. Because three years ago, that was popular. And as I changed as a woman, and I would talk about this, and I would talk about that, and I would talk about going to therapy, or I would talk about going to a conference, my audience started to ask more and more questions about that topic. And I found that when I answered about that part of my life, they really liked it. I created a podcast because you guys asked me to. I created a couple's podcast for the same reason. Everything that we do is the result of what our audience asks for. And by the way, I don't mean one person says a thing and we rush out and change our business model. But when people respond to something that you're doing, when every single time you post that thing and they love it, pay attention. That is a free test of what will work with your crowd, either the visual or the copy or the content that you're creating, but follow the signs of life. We're constantly trying new things and the book that comes out, um, Girl Stop Apologizing comes out in March and I hope you guys love it as much as I do, but, but listen, listen to this. I could have written some version of Girl Wash Your Face for the next 10 years. You all know those authors who do that. They produce the same thing over and over and over and just try and write it. They just wanna like beat the dead horse. I pay attention to what you like. So yes, you liked Girl Wash Your Face, but what I think you really liked was authentic storytelling mixed with humor. So I paid attention to what you were really responding to, and then I'm able to be creative in a different way. So with the new book, it's not girl wash your face. It's about goals and dreams and how to achieve them without shame or fear of being judged for who you are. We're launching a coaching series. For the first time ever, we're launching a coaching series this Next month, actually, January. Yep. We're launching a coaching series in January. That was you guys asking, hey, do you ever do one-on-one -on -one coaching? And I'm like, no, I don't even have time to shave my legs, you guys. But I am really proud of the knowledge that I have as a small business owner and where I've been able to build my business to. And I know that I have knowledge that could be helpful to other small business owners. I know that I have knowledge that would be helpful to women who want life coaching, who want to understand how to make change with their health, with their mindset, how to be more positive. And so you asked and we created something. And we will continue to pay attention to what our customers love. And because of that, you're going to continue to see this company grow in a way that is astounding. I'm going to call it because I'm going to make a new 2019 focus. We're going to come back here in 2020 and y'all are going to be like, holy crap. There it is. So I hope you found this helpful. More than anything, I hope that it encourages you to look back on your own year in business and decide what were the things that you absolutely do not want to repeat and what are the things that you want to see more of, more rest, more putting yourself out there, more marketing, more time with friends, no to other people's agendas, 
no to moving too fast, no to not taking care of your health, no to making decisions under duress. If you take the time to look at the year that just went by, I think you'll be astounded at the roadmap you can create for the year that's coming up next. hang out on more than just this podcast, which means that the next time you're on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, be sure and type Rachel Hollis into the search bar and check out all the fun things we have going on on your favorite platform. Hey, you guys, if you like the Rise or Rise Together podcast, you're going to love my monthly live coaching series. What did you just say? I'm doing a coaching series. I'm, I'm like your favorite coach, but with hair extensions and eyelash extensions and a pension for Beyonce. What kind of coaching are you coaching? Okay, thank you for asking. There's actually two different classes. One is life coaching. Those are for people who want to work on their relationship, their health, their personal, all the personal stuff. And then there's something I'm really excited about, business coaching. I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years. I'm really proud of the company that I've built, and I want to share that wisdom with you. So if you own a small business and you want to dig into how to do social media, how to find new clients, how to grow your revenue base. This is how we're going to do it. I bet they can get more info at thehollisco.com. You sure are right, buddy. You can watch videos about what the coaching series is all about, how you join in, and what is included with your membership.